Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, starting a new series today where it's the three big questions heading into 2024 for each team and what is on their Christmas wish list. So something that that team would be desperately hopeful for in 2024. We're going to do two teams at a time. I've literally randomized them, uh, having a top eight team and a bottom eight team from 2023. Uh, The first two teams we're going to go through today are the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls. They are the first two sides and then later today I believe we're going to have the Cronulla Sharks and the West Tigers so plenty coming your way we're going to get through all of the sides before Christmas Uh, these will be pretty in-depth stuff that I'll be talking about and just my thoughts on them Uh, so three things uh, three big questions that I have for each team going into 2024 just three things to consider and then a Christmas present a wish list what they want for season 2024 Let's kick off with the Melbourne Storm. And the first big question I have, these aren't in order, to be honest with you. This is the first big question that came to mind for me with the Melbourne Storm. Obviously, my boys saw a far longer debut last year. Very, very impressive. Incredibly talented. A huge ceiling on him. He's got a big future in our game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's not the first, you know, second choice fullback at the Melbourne Storm to have a big future. Uh, and it looks like the Melbourne Storm do want to keep him down there. He is a local junior. Uh, so I can also understand from that perspective, it's a fantastic story for the Melbourne Storm. But they also have another fullback, Uh, obviously Ryan Pappenhausen returning from injury. Uh, He had that, you know, return last year, got injured again. Looks like he will be back in season 2024. How will Pappy return? That is the big question. As I said, Suafar Longo, very talented footballer. He's got a huge future in our game. He is entertainment plus. But their other fullback is a Clive Churchill medalist. And I think sometimes we forget just how good Pappy was when he was at his best. Is he able to get back to his best? I, as a rugby league fan, I really, really hope so. Because I think we, once again, I think we sleep on just how high Ryan Pappenhausen and his stocks were rising. So Ryan Pappenhausen is the big first question. Uh, Can he get back to his very best? If he's not at his very best... 
What happens then when you've got this young kid sniffing around? And this is with all due respect to Ryan Pappenhausen because I hope he returns to his best. I hope he owns that fullback jersey. I'm obviously a big Farlongo guy. But who's the better footballer right now? It's Ryan Pappenhausen by a country mile. Uh, Farlongo is very entertaining. uh, But he's got a lot of growth still to come in his game. He's got a lot of developing. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen is a superstar right now when he is at his best. And he has shown on the absolute biggest stages, grand final day, big games that he can dominate. Uh, Farlongo has shown that he is very talented, very good, uh, and that he can have big moments, but he can go missing in games as well. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. The game that he starred in, in first grade, it was, you know, a lot of reserve graders against reserve graders as well. We need to keep that in mind. And you have a look at even the amazing try that he scored. Uh, The guy that set it up was Ryan Pappenhausen as well. So for me, I know a lot of people are trying to push Farlongo to the top of the list and everything. I, I, I can't even hear it, to be honest with you and I'm his biggest fan in the world it has to be Ryan Pappenhausen and it's going to be a huge huge watch in season 2023 to see if Pappy is season 2024 sorry to see if Pappy is able to return to his best because if he's not at his best and he's out of form or he's struggling I'll tell you what you've got a young superstar knocking on the door there and uh, we've seen in rugby league my god the media and stuff they will turn on people very very quickly so a, a huge storyline to watch down there at the Melbourne Storm. I personally think Pappy, uh, he looks to be in... He, he looks to just take his rehab and everything so seriously that, you know, if his body does hold up for him, I'm expecting Pappy to return to his best very quickly and remind everyone once again why he is a Clive Churchill medalist and why he's one of the most exciting talents in rugby league with runs on the board as well. So that's question one for me. Question two, it's the same question we had throughout season 2023. Middle forwards, do they have the pack to be able to compete in this competition? That's the big question for me. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit later when we get to our wish list. Obviously, Eli Katoa signed last year. I thought he was a fantastic get. He was really, really good for the Melbourne Storm. Played on the edge, gave them a little bit more punch out there. Nelson Osofa Solomona, he probably hasn't reached the heights that I thought he would. I thought that the last two years, he would have just gone, hey, this team. Now that Brandon Smith's gone, this team needs a guy that's just going to be a fucking juggernaut. Uh, And against some teams, he does it. But you can tell with Nelson that when the good teams really target him, they are able to keep him quiet. You saw that with Brisbane. You saw that with the Penrith Panthers towards the back end of the season. So they need a middle forward to really jump out of the ground. Now they have got Nelson who will do a job, but, and I sound like I'm bagging Nelson. I'm not really. He needs someone to go with him though. They had Brandon Smith previously, one of the best momentum guys in rugby league. They really, really missed having him through the center third. We spoke about that all preseason, uh, and it, fuck me, it was so evident throughout the year that they were just missing that one extra forward. For me, I look around their squad and I think, who could be that guy? And I, I you know, I can see the pedigree there. I can see guys like Aaron Penne. I can see guys uh, like Tui Kamakamitha, Tepai Maroa. They need at least one of these three guys to really jump out out and go from an established first grader to a dominant forward. Joe Chan is another guy that I think has that potential, but they need someone to jump out of the ground in their middle forward this year, or I'm very, very afraid it's going to be a similar situation. That brings in my third point, and this will sound harsh, yeah? This will sound incredibly harsh, and I'm sure people will sort of sit there and go, what the fuck are you talking about? But I stand by it. Either Melbourne Storm, pretenders or contenders. I would argue the last few years, for me, they haven't been contenders. I, at no point over the last two seasons, have I thought this team can beat Penrith. I just I just haven't really thought it. I thought last year they were a sniff to beat Brisbane before I realised just how fucking complete Brisbane was. But I watched them play Brisbane in that finals game and I just thought to myself, you know what, we have, we have this team. 
on a pedestal as pretenders that they just aren't at the moment. They sorry that we have this team on a pedestal as, as contenders, but for me. They're simply not. And you know what? They might be the absolute best pretenders in this competition. But for me, they are still pretenders. And maybe that is just a sign of how good the absolute top teams are at the moment. But for me, I just, going into next season, I look at their squad on paper and I look at Penrith, I look at the Brisbane Broncos, and I just sit there and go, I don't know if when we get to finals footy, if this forward pack can compete with those sides. And if the forward pack isn't competing, it doesn't matter how good your fucking spine is. If your forward pack gets dominated against Brisbane and against the Penrith Panthers with Adam Reynolds, Nathan Cleary, Reese Walsh, all these superstars, you, you don't stand a chance. So for me, I look at the Melbourne Storm and I genuinely ask, are they are they contenders to win this competition or are they just the best pretenders in this competition? Are they just the best of the rest that will finish in the top four and you look at them and go, oh, Husey, Munster, Grant, Pappy, they've got all the talent, but do they have the forward pack to match it with these big sides. And the evidence over the last two years for me says they probably don't. They haven't gone out and signed a big name in their forward pack. There's no one coming in there that moves the needle for me. They need to find guys from within. There's a couple of guys I nominated before that I think potentially could be those guys. But to be honest with you, I thought they potentially could have been those guys the last two years. They haven't been able to. It's a it's a big one for Melbourne. It's a huge year for them because if they... If we get to the end of this season and they once again are there but not really contending for a premiership, I think it starts to build a little bit of pressure on this organisation because, like, at, they have always been contenders. You know, they're, since since Cameron Smith debuted, they have been contenders each and every year. The last two years, I, I don't believe they have been contenders. I think that they have been good top four sides. I think that they have been able to, you know, dominate the bottom eight teams, play really good footy against those sides. But you get to these top teams on the big stages, and I just don't think they have the cattle to be able to beat them. So for me, I want to know, are the Melbourne Storm pretenders or are they proper contenders that can win a premiership in 2024? For me right now, I'm leaning towards pretenders. They might be the absolute best pretenders in the NRL, but for me, I just cannot possibly put them at that same level as Brisbane, as the Penrith Panthers, as these sides. Based on what I saw at the back end of last season, I would have the Roosters on top of them as well. You obviously saw the Melbourne Storm beat them in the back end of that game. But, like, you think about where the Roosters were at, the injuries the Roosters had, and it took a crossfield speculator kick for Melbourne to win that game. For me, I'm heading into next year looking at the Sydney Roosters based on the grit they showed at the back end of last season, thinking, well, maybe they're contenders. I know it's bit us on, in the face the last fucking two seasons in a row, but to me, that squad looks more so like proper contenders than what the Melbourne Storm does. And definitely the Penrith Panthers and the Broncos look like contenders. This team, their Xmas present, they need a forward to not only stand up, but they need a forward to absolutely excel. It might be Nelson. Maybe you just need those other guys to hold their own and Nelson turn into the absolute dominant force that we know he potentially can be. Maybe it's Eli Katoa turns into the best back rower in rugby league that you can shift into the middle a little bit as too. I'm not sure what the answer is. Maybe it's Jack Howarth comes in and absolutely fucking blows it away. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be. But they need a forward to really stand up in 2024 and make it count for the Melbourne Storm through the middle. They've got all the other pieces. That's not a worry. They're leaving guys like Justin Olam out of their side. They have got every other piece that they need. Yes, their back line might not be the best in the world, but they've got the talent throughout their spine and just handy guys on the edges that if they're forward pack, they don't even have to win every battle. If they can just compete with the Broncos and the Panthers, then your spine can all of a sudden do their thing. But at the moment, they're not getting that. They need a middle forward to stand up in 2024. That is the Christmas wish list for the Melbourne Storm.
Let's move to the Manly Seagulls, a team that obviously missed finals footy last year. You could point to more of the same narrative. Tommy Turbo, uh, he wasn't fit. They didn't stand a chance. Anthony Seabold came in last year. Uh, obviously, off the back of the season before that was an absolute fucking disaster with Jerseygate. Uh, they come into season 2023. Hopes look a little bit higher. Turbo gets injured once again around origin time. They're starting to play good footy. Um, they, they, they fucked around positional-wise. Guys like KO Weeks and stuff throughout the year, which I I just really couldn't get my head around. Origin arrives, DCE leaves. These, you know, all the all these little things that happened to them throughout the year that wasn't ideal. But the big one was Turbo, and you know that's the big question for me heading into season twenty twenty four. And I really, really worry that it's going to be the big fucking question as we head into season twenty thirty four. Is Tommy Turbo going to be fit for the Manly Seagulls this year? We know on his day, Turbo, he is the best footballer in rugby league. Yeah, we saw what he did in twenty twenty one. Granted, different rules, a slightly different game, sure. But we've seen what Turbo is capable of doing outside of 21 in the Origin Arena for the Kangaroos, whatever it is. He is just about unstoppable when he is fit and when he is getting on the front foot. I look at the Manly Seagull side and I just I just look at them and go, you know what? This is literally a top eight side if Turbo is fit, a bottom eight side if Turbo is not, and I am just about willing to hang my hat on it. I genuinely believe that this side plays finals footy if Tommy Turbo is fit for the majority of the season, especially heading into the back end. If you can tell me right now, Turbo will play 20-plus games. I tell you right now, Manly are a top-eight side, and they will be there. That is my genuine opinion. I love the signings that they've gone and got. I love some of the signings anyway. I love that the squad that they're building right now, I'm, I'll talk about Seabold soon. I still have some of my question marks there. I love that um, Gordon Chan come Tong is coming to the side. I think he's a great little foil for Lockie Croker. But for me... I just, it all comes down to Turbo when he needs to stay fit. Does that mean you play him at centre? I don't know. I'm really not in a position to make that call because I don't, I don't understand um, the physical side of that. Probably NRL physio, better to talk about that. A lot of people I talk to, I know that Kempis w- would be completely fine with the idea of him playing centre. Uh, so I, I'm not opposed to it. I just think that if you're going to play him at centre, you would pick and choose your moments where you just let Turbo roam and do his own thing. Uh, but I, I just think he is so important to this football side and I'm not, you know... I'm not digging up new gold here. It's pretty evident to all of us how important and how crucial it is to this side. So Turbo staying fit, that's my big question. My next one, can the left edge fulfill their potential? This left edge is unbelievable. And there's two guys I want to talk about first. You've obviously got Ruben Garrick, who we assume will play left wing, could potentially play left center. I would rather him play wing, but whatever. Uh, you've got other guys that can jump on the wing, like Tui Pilotto and these sort of guys. So however they, they want to work that, Brad Parker, I honestly, I don't overly care how they work that real left edge. It's, it's the two men inside them. And it's Josh Schuster. Um, he's been... You know, he's got a long-term contract there, big money contract. He is a guy that is has got so much potential. You only have to watch him. You only have to do the eye test just to see how much of a freak this kid can be. You can watch his highlights from his very short career that's been very up and down and just see this guy's got something special. Now, he moved and, and played into the halves last year, and to be completely honest with you, it was a shit fight. It was very disappointing. Uh, it was very underwhelming from a guy that took – you know, a World Cup off to get himself ready to play that position. It was very underwhelming. Defensively, he was awful. Uh, he really needs to get that sorted. And that's my big worry because now 
I assume, he'll be playing left edge back row. His left edge half there will be Luke Brooks. Now, Luke Brooks, as you all know, I really like him. I think he's going to be really successful the Manly Seagulls. I think it'll be a good little get. These two defending together, though, is going to be a problem if, if they do not sort out their defense. And you know what? Josh Schuster, to his credit... When Schuster was playing in the back row, he defended a lot better than when he did at 5'8". Read into that what you will. It, it, it's a couple of steps to the left. Like, I just... I don't... Sorry, it's a couple of steps to the right. I don't really understand how that all played out and why it was that way. I don't know if it was more of a mental thing than the actual position. I'm not too sure. But Luke Brooks, he's tough, but he isn't the greatest defender in the world. Um, that That's the spot that worries me. And good teams will really look to execute and target that spot because they know that these are two guys that if you can get them on the back foot and you can put them in a bit of a rabbit hole, they find it hard to get out of there. Yeah, they are both both got a bit of head noise about them. Both those, those sorts of footballers. Josh Schuster's obviously young. There's a lot of expectation on his shoulder. I do feel very sorry for Josh Schuster at times because he has got so so much expectation on him and so much is expected of him. Luke Brooks, he has just been beaten to a pulp over the last few years by the media, which I personally think is unfair. But that is the position that these two find themselves in. They are under pressure all the time and they will be under pressure for the remainder of their careers, realistically. Those two defending together, it is a little bit of a worry for me. And if confidence is down on one of them, how's it going to impact the other one? That That's my big concern heading into the the, the 2024 season. It, it's also, at the same time, probably the thing I'm most excited about with the Manly Seagulls because if you can get the best out of these two, you look at Joshy Schuster with his offloading ability, what's the best thing about Luke Brooks's game? It's his ball running. He's now got a big forward out the side of him who can do so many things with the footy out the back of him. You've got Tommy Turbo. Honestly, if it all goes to plan, this edge is going to be a nightmare to defend. They are going to be uh, just such a pain in the ass. And that's wild when you consider the right edge is DCE, Olakawatu, Kola, Jason Saab. Like, doesn't get much tougher than that. There, This is a high-octane footy side with a lot of ability, but there is a lot of things that have to go right in order for them to achieve what they should and can achieve. And that left edge is probably going to be the deciding factor for me. How those two combine together, I assume they're going to be 5'8 and left edge back rower. How these two combine together more so in defense for me, uh, it is going to be a real test for these two. And I hope... I hope that both can hit their potential at the Manly Seagulls under their coach, Anthony Seabold, which is my next question. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is Anthony Seabold who we think he is? Is he? What, what, what's the go here? He's now came in last year. A couple of questionable decisions here and there. Made a couple of signings. Luke Brooks, I like. The other ones, I'm a little bit iffy on. Uh, There were some coaching decisions throughout the year that I couldn't really make sense of. Uh, But once again, I said at the start of last season, I'll say it again this year, if Tommy Sturbo stays fit, all of a sudden, Seabolt's a fucking genius once again. There's no doubt about that, and that's the team he's in. That's the team he's got to coach. You've got to give him credit for that. 
But my question is, is Seabold going to be able to pull this side together? Is Seabold going to be able to get the best out of Josh Schuster? Is Seabold going to be able to get the best out of Luke Brooks? Is Seabold going to be able to get the very best out of Cola, Saab? All these guys that have got all this endless ability, but they just seemingly can't put together week in, week out. He's got the best out of, out of Olaquatu for the most part. He's been fantastic. They've got DCE there. They've got another ball player on the other side. They've got the fullback. They've now got a two-pronged hooker attack, which I think will make him really, really dangerous. A lot of this is going to come down to if Seabold selects that side and how he uses Gordon at the right moments. Maybe the pack's a little bit light, to be fair. That is going to be a challenging for them. Uh, but you do get Tanela Paseca back and, uh, you know, uh, T-Sips, who was fantastic towards the back end of last season. For me, I think this is a big year for Anthony Seabold, that if Tommy Turbo stays fit, this team has to be successful. There is no fucking excuses. Other seasons where Turbo's not fit and he's down and out, then you sort of go, okay, well, he was missing his strike weapon. This is how they've built their salary cap. If Turbo is fit, there is no excuse for the Manly Seagulls to miss finals, in my opinion. That puts a bit of pressure on Seabold. And even if, even if he is completely fit, Turbo, there's some other personalities and some other footballers in this team that Seabold's going to have to manage very, very well to get not even the best out of him, just to get somewhere near their best. Because we saw last year he wasn't able to do it with Josh Schuster. Let's call it as it was. He wasn't able to get the very best out of this guy who spent the entire preseason skipping the World Cup to get himself ready. So that, that that is alarming for me. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. He's got a team of incredible athletes with a couple of footballers in there that are a little bit up and down, and he needs to be able to stabilize this side, pull the glue together, and make it work. If Turbo is fit, there is no excuse for Anthony Seabold. The Christmas wish list. There is no doubt about it. It just has to be Turbo to stay fit. And it'll probably be the same Christmas wish list for the last five years, for the next five years, as it has been for the last five years. This team needs Tom Travojevic on the field. If he is there, I back them in to be a top side. If he is a top eight side. If he is not, unfortunately, I back them in to be, I was going to say a bottom eight side. It's actually a bottom nine side now with the Dolphins coming in, 17 sides. It all comes down to Tommy Turbo. And unfortunately, this seems to be the reality of the Manly Seagulls season uh, year in, year out. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 